Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Simply Finance. On today's episode, I have the privilege of sitting down with Margaret and Ian Wishingrad, who are the co-founders of Three Wishes Cereal. They have created a clean, plant-based alternative to the normal cereal you see in the aisle, and they are doing it through brick and mortar as well as online through their website and Amazon. It was a great conversation. We dove into how they came up with the idea, you know, balancing running their ad agency with three wishes and being parents. Uh, It was a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it and they will be up right after this. Cool. Well, um, thanks again for listening. Um, thanks for coming on, uh, Margaret and Ian. I have the pleasure of speaking to the Wishing Grads today, who are the co-founders of Three Wishes Cereal. And uh, before we really get started, would you guys like to kind of just give a little intro for both of you? Sure. So I'm Margaret Wishingrad. And I'm Ian Wishingrad. And as mentioned, we are the co-founders of Three Wishes Cereal, which is a healthy, better-for-you cereal alternative that tastes like the naughty cereals we all knew as kids, which is much cleaner and better for you. And it's called Three Wishes because we currently have one son named Ellis, so we're the Three Wishes. Three Wishing Grads, Three Wishes. Love it. Yeah. And then we have three claims that were important to the cereal category and important to us, which is the high-protein, low-sugar, grain-free claim, Um, and that was our Three Wishes for Cereal. Fantastic. That's awesome. Um, for people who don't know too, you guys launched in the fall of 2019, correct? But you guys have been working on it for a few years. Yeah. So we launched October 2019 and we spent basically two years creating and innovating our product. Um, I wish it was a quicker and easier process than it was, but um, we figured out that cereal was, was our calling and the thing we were going to develop and work on when our son was six months old um, and he's now almost three. Wow. That's awesome. What was, what was it like for the two years that you guys were developing the product? Was it a lot of just R and D and trying to figure out the perfect formula? It's a lot of eating. So it's a lot okay. of fun. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of trying different ingredients and really the thing that was super important to us was to really create a product that experiences and all the flavors and all of those components of the actual cereal are super, super similar to standard conventional junky cereals. So the swap for any consumer would be super easy. And so that is really difficult to do anytime you're working with high protein plant-based ingredients. They're super dense. So just figuring out different process and different ingredients that play well together to give you that really great experience was what took so long. Gotcha. All right. And was there a, was there a reason you guys ended up in the uh, the, the components that make up three wishes, like those specific plant-based um, uh, ingredients, I guess? Yeah. So for us, what well, one, as a parent and as a, a healthy consumer in general, it had to be ingredients that people are really familiar with that they have in their homes um, and consume in different ways. And so that chickpea, people are used to eating chickpeas all the time. Pea protein is an ingredient that we're seeing um, in a ton of really great alternative foods to give you a clean alt to a protein in general. And it has a really neutral taste. So that was a great ingredient. Um, and then the tapioca, 
another thing that people know to pronounce and, and wrap their minds around are things that are just super clean. It's easy for me to feed it to my son. It's easy for me to look another mom in the eye and tell her that it's, it's good for her to feed her kid. And um, so there were, you know, no funky, crazy, weird new ingredients that no one's never heard of. So it's something super familiar and easy for us to just communicate to other people. And that was super important. And then there's also a sustainability factor. And these, all the ingredients we source are super sustainable, are in a great big supply chain and allow us to bring our product to consumers at an accessible price point. Got it. That's awesome. No, that's really cool. And I haven't tried it yet, but I, I actually ordered some yesterday. So I'm excited yeah. to get it. I know. I'm excited to try it though. Um, I think I ha- the one, like, this might be a kind of a dumb question, but I like to ask people this, especially in this founder series is, do you guys have a perspective on like it seems like such a good idea in an aisle in the store that is very outdated and trends are all going in the wrong direction do you think there's a, a pretty do you think there's any sort of specific reason why a lot of the major brands haven't tried to come out with a healthier cereal alternative so yeah i've actually spoken to some people at the big food companies and they said something funny to me they said dude these the cereals so so there's a couple fallacies the cereal category is still massive it's in decline it's not the same as it was but the cereals that are there make are very high margin make a ton of cash for them these are commodity grains they do buy a ton and they say who here is incentivized to raise their hand say i'd like to like a couple million dollars to develop a lower margin product he goes it's just the way these companies are set up, they're not incentivized in that fashion to do anything like that. And I think that's why they all have different investment arms. They try to get into smaller companies like ours or RX, they buy them, you know, Um, to do that because they've kind of made a conscious decision that research and development is something that they'll, they'll kind of outsource in some fashion with a little bit of venture investing. Right. And then the other part of it, the actual difficulty of creating this type of food product is so hard and requires so much. It's not like we sat there for two years and every other week decided to go try a a new batch of cereal. It was truly around the clock, like daily, daily work. Um, And it's really difficult to accomplish, which also reminds you as to why there's such a high barrier to entry. It's really not an easy thing to break through in. And it's also a category, as Ian mentioned, dominated by three big giants. So it's also difficult to break through on shelf. So there are quite a few barriers to break to to make it in the category. Yeah, yeah, but why, yeah, that's why they wouldn't do it. They yeah. have no problem breaking through on shelf. They'll Correct. throw money at it. That's not yeah. the issue. It's just it's the innovation. The innovation right. is as much as look at America also just as a whole. As much as we, you know, you you work at a company like this. We started a company like this. We're still not the vast majority of America. Most people, right. it's a very glacial, slow change. So they keep their eye on something, but until it has enough scale to really make a difference for them, they could waste so much money jumping into potentially too early trends and other stuff. Right. That totally makes sense. Yeah. No, that's a great way to think about it. It's a good perspective on the general category, especially cereal. Um, One thing I always like to ask in these interviews are, uh, do you guys remember the first conversation you two had about starting the cereal, like the specific conversation? Yeah. So it's funny because Ian and I have been working together for six years. Our first business together is our ad agency that uh, we still run and we've had so much fun working on. So we were just spitballing ideas all the time. And this was the one where I turned to Ian after realizing there wasn't a good option on the market for our son. Where I'm like, oh my God, Ian, cereal. And he's like, cereal. That's one that no one's thought of. Um, And so, you know, we both were like, great, we have to dive into this for both our own use and for, you know, just helping everyone else to create a better product. Um, And so we went on the journey and started it. It was just, you know, 
we, we throw it against the wall and it's stuck. And so we're super excited. That's awesome. That's so cool. I, I was going to say you, and you just hit on it. I was, you know, as I was researching the, the company and you guys, I was, I thought it was wild that you guys started an ad agency together before this. How has it been like growing the ad agency, starting a, a CPG brand and being parents? It seems like a ton to, to balance these days. Yeah, it makes me feel like we don't sleep now that you now that you mentioned it that way. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot of fun. We truly feel it's such a cliche when it's like you do what you love and you never work a day in your life. And it kind of feels like that in a super it's it really that's how it feels. Right. So we're just doing things we love all day. We love advertising. We love marketing. We love figuring out how to communicate with consumers and bring them things that they love. Um, now, in, in the most amazing way, we have a piece of us on the shelf. Right. The three wishing rides, the three wishes. We see a product that we've really poured our heart and soul into. Um, and our son is just along for the ride. And he really loves he loves actually being behind camera and talking about it and trying it and oh, being a cool. part of the brand too. So we find like a weird way to weave everything into one. Um, and that's kind of how it's always been. And I think the other beautiful thing between Ian and myself is we have really complementary skill sets and neither of us really drives in the same lane. And so I think that allows us to really divide and conquer and, and be able to do all of these things and, and succeed at them. And I'd also say the thing that I need to focus on or try to remember is to remember to be husband, wife too. That gets hard because I always feel like, wait, we're together, we're working on something, but then you do need to kind of turn off and you do need to remember to like date your wife and court your wife and treat her like a very woman. important thing. Yeah. Like a very woman <laughs> and like, and not just like your business partner, because that's where I kind of get all caught up because, you know, so that's kind of just a, a personal thing, figuring out where the boundaries are, how to draw them, knowing when that's a touch and feel thing. And you just learn by burning your hand enough times. Yeah. Takes time. Got it. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Me and my fam me and my wife both work for, you know, very, uh, highly, it's the right, right word, very high intensity companies. I would say there's, it's always on. So finding the off switch, I, I get that. That's an important, you know, trait to have. Um, when you guys started three wishes, you know, you guys have had this ad agency that's doing great. Um, how was it in just in general with starting a company and starting a brand? How did like friends, family feel about, you know, the original idea? And then is there any like story or advice you'd give to listeners on just like, if you want to start something like how you kind of went through that process? Yeah, well, I think we addressed the concern that we had, which was, hey, like, are we the only ones that feel like there's not a great cereal out there that we're excited about? So we took it to a ton of friends, family, and it was just a random people too. Like Ian would stop people in a coffee shop in the street, ask anybody. And everyone kind of, it was like, oh yeah, like I forgot about cereal or yeah, I can't eat it, but it would be lovely to feed my kids something on the go because we live in New York and life's like so fast paced. Um, and so everyone was, you know, everyone kind of validates the idea. I think you always have your negative Nancy's out there in the world that will tell you like, you know, just things that try to bring you down. But I think us having a business before, we're so used to just muting those things out that we don't even sure. hear them and it doesn't resonate with us. And so for us, it was, um, is the data there that this is still a big existing category, which of course it is. And um, do we believe that we have the right innovation that follows all the right trends and solves all the right problems. Is there a problem and do we have the solution? And so once we've identified those things, it was an obvious for us. And so we just, you know, you put blinders on and you just go straight. And so that's exactly what we did. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. It sounds like, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a good idea. And I feel like in a category where I'm sure, you know, t most of your feedback was, yeah, there's nothing really great in the, in the aisle. That's, that's gotta be a powerful thing. Speaking of aisle, um, 
you know, you guys are newer. I know you guys, you know, you have a website, you launched on Amazon and you're starting to get in brick and mortar. Do you guys, are you, as a cereal brand, are you guys trying to get into more brick and mortar and really be, you know, are you trying to edge people out on shelf? Or are you guys going more the e-commerce route or both? So I think, uh, well, we were originally before coronavirus, the vast majority of people like to go to the supermarket and that's where they transacted. So we thought we were reinventing the cereal itself, not necessarily the delivery mechanism. So brick and mortar was first and foremost. Also, um, as hot as direct to consumer is about a lot of other categories, we felt that uh, it, it wasn't, we, we didn't do something where that was necessarily the best way to deliver it. And so then COVID hit, obviously. And so we had to start rethinking things. So we've launched a new website and we're quickly learning how to be as omnichannel as possible. Yeah, and I think for what's interesting also is I think everyone would have predicted that the trend to online grocery would have eventually happened just as, you know, technology advances and, and things advance. And I think we're starting to realize and see that oh, even the older generations that were so like anti-ordering things online and just really loving brick and mortar grocery are all starting to get really comfortable after they had to do it out of necessity with the concept of, oh, you can order your groceries online, receive them the same way. And be totally fine and we all survive and your raspberries and strawberries are not smushed and they're picked right. well and all of these things. So I think it's interesting, but we are now in close to probably 800 stores. Um, and the thing for us was be where our consumers are. And we believe that that is the uh, better eating, slightly more natural grocery chain. So that's where you'll usually find us. Oh, awesome. Okay. So you guys are in like, are you guys in Whole Foods yet? Or so we're in... nationwide in Sprouts. We are wow. in Whole Foods in Southern California and in the Northeast. We are in Wegmans. We are in a ton of really great independent uh, natural and health stores. So we're, we're in a lot of places. Yeah, that's a lot of places. That's awesome. I mean, it's amazing too. I mean, you guys launched in the fall. So that's, that's, yeah. it's incredibly fast that you guys are growing. So fantastic. Um, do you guys remember, this is kind of back to the, the initial, you know, product creation. Do you guys remember like version one of the cereal that you guys got back? I'm always interested to hear how the first batch went. <laughs> I feel like yes and no. Like I, we've had so many batches since then. But I, I, actually, I, remember, I do remember. I think the original stuff was never going to work, but really delicious. This was pre-pellets. This was puffy stuff, peanut butter, oh. right? No. Remember that first tasting? No, I actually don't. Okay. I love that we're internally so, like, do you remember it? Yeah, it's, there's going to be a lot. So many iterations. Right. Oh, by the way, the best test is always having a toddler in the house. Because he does not care what your box looks like, your marketing spend, or whatever celebrity you may have slapped anywhere near your brand. If he puts his hand in that bowl and doesn't come back and ask you for more in two seconds, you're like, and we're going again. Oh, that's so, funny. Yeah. It's it as simple oh, as it gets. He's so picky. It's, it's the best. He was like truly the best taste tester in the world. And so once we had our actual finished product that's in market now, we knew it was that batch because he loved it and was like, mom, can I have it again? And I'm like, yes. That's awesome. We got you. A conversion. Yes. Absolute, uh, yeah, just yeah. sign off from the little one. That's great. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really, like, I mean, that's probably as good as it gets, right? It's a, it's a, and it's the greatest. And then it's so funny, like all my mom friends, I would bring like a little baggie. I was like the playground drug dealer. I was like, you got to get your kid to try it. And their kids <laughs> would try it and continue eating more of it. I'm like, yes. This is going to work. Running. Kids love it. Um, and then obviously we as adults have our own opinions and tastes. And so we spread it throughout our friends and our parents and generations above that, below that. And to just make sure that this product truly works and it's not us really just like, on, you know, high on our own thing. So right. it, you gotta, you gotta test it out too. So that was, that was really great for us to be able to share it. 
Definitely. No, that's awesome. Um, my next question I wanted to ask you guys was um, just to bring it back to like really like the, the theme of the show is uh, you guys decided to do to raise money and you went through a, a fundraising round. Um, do, would you mind sharing with all the listeners just like what made you guys kind of like decide to go that route and try to raise some money? And then like just as importantly, probably like what was, you know, for a lot of people that listen to this, I get the question of like, where do I start? Like if I have an idea and I have a product, how do I even like go start asking to raise money? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. So we made the decision. So we initially, all of the product development was all of our, our own investments. Um, and then once we had a concept and a product that we were ready to take to market, then we started to have those conversations. And the best place to start is with friends and family that may be interested in helping you really get your dream and vision out there. Um, and then I think it's also just, you know, going to your network and your world of people, you know, and asking them if they know people and it's just asking a ton of questions. And I think that's also a part of the entrepreneurial journey is never being afraid to ask people for help or what they think. And even if their opinion and, and feedback's not what you wanted to hear, it's okay. And that's a part of growth. And so it was just asking and asking and meeting and connecting and, and finding all of these interesting people. And the thing that gets them every time is you, you tell them why you created this product, who it's for, what you're going to do and how you're going to accomplish it. And it's really someone investing in you and your product. It's not just your product, right? So they're believing that you're the team that's going to get this out there and really win and be the cereal of, of every household in America or try to be. And so I think that was it. It was just connecting with people and making them truly believe in who you are and what you're putting out there. And we were lucky enough to find amazing, you know, amazing different people that were willing to, to put some money behind us and support our dream. That's awesome. Yeah. As I say, it seems like it's funny. Like I think some people think that the process of raising money is like, you just, you know, you sign up for this, you go to this meeting and this is how it happens. And the more people I've talked to and people that have gone through that, I mean, it seems no different than the general entrepreneurial journey of starting anything. It's like kind of scrappy and just kind of hit a lot of rejection. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a tough thing. So you think you see, you see all these TV shows, everyone makes it seem like, Oh, there's all this money out there for investment in the world. You just go online and everyone's going to throw money at you. And it's, right. it's, really difficult and it takes a lot of perseverance and you really also learn how to pitch a little bit. It helps you and prepares you for your retail meetings and all these other things. And it just helps shape you as an entrepreneur. It makes you, you know, realize how to get really short and tell your message in a quick amount. One wants to sit and listen to things forever. So it, it helps in a ton of interesting ways, but it is definitely difficult and you can expect for every one yes you get, there might be hundreds or thousands of no's and that's okay. You just have to keep going. Right. Exactly. No, that totally makes sense. And I appreciate it. That's a really great answer. Um, I wanted to make sure while we have the time, I wanted to ask about your recent marketing campaign that you guys uh, just did with your new flavor. I thought that was really cool and really unique and would love to just know a little bit about how you guys came up with the idea and like even just getting a hold of the actors from Willy Wonka. I thought that was, that was genius. Yeah. So we're in the age of COVID where we have to be creative and not everyone could try our product. We're not sampling like we used to in stores. So it's a little bit different. And so we thought, okay, chocolate, if we're going to push chocolate out there, who better than the original cast of the Willy Wonka movie. And so we had the idea and there's nobody better in the world to get this done than Ian Wishingrad. And so I'm like, all right, here's the mission. You ready? And so we, we thought about the idea. And so Ian, want to, jump in and just let another journey yeah i mean uh, it's nothing more than just the same 
it's the same entrepreneurial, I don't take no for an answer. I'm going to get into an account that said no to me. I'm going to get an investor that said no to me. And I'm going to take these former child stars that don't want nothing to do with me that think I'm a crazy fan. <laughs> I'm going to find a creative way by continually being polite and persistent to get through to them. But I did not get Augustus Gloop. I spoke to my friend. He's the only one I couldn't get. I spoke to my friend in London who speaks German, who called him and spoke German to him. And we wow. thought he might be interested. And nine. He didn't want it. No. He, he, then I wrote him another email. Sorry, Ian. Uh, dear Ian, sorry, no. Then I got all the videos and all the cast members, cut it together, really cute, sent it back to him and said, just one last chance. This is really cute. You should do this. And he didn't even get back to me. So Ghosted. No, yeah. but the other ones were awesome. It was so fun to watch Ian actually do this, to find, so one of them, for example, Charlie Bucket is Dr. Peter Ostrom that lives somewhere upstate New York, and he's a veterinarian. And so Ian went as far as calling his office and speaking to secretaries and like finding a way via the internet to get in contact with him a million different ways until we were able to speak to him and tell him our story and share why this would be so important. And like, would you give us a chance? And the thing that was most important to us here was we don't need you to just endorse us like it's a commercial. It's You need to try our product. And if you like our product, and only if, then we want you to just do a little, a little, you know, whatever, five seconds about it. Yeah. And it's so funny because he was so skeptical. And he's like, oh, healthy cereal. Okay, send it to me. So we sent him the cereal and he writes back to us. He's like, oh, wow, you weren't kidding. Um, so That's it was just awesome. really fun to see that they all truly loved it. And it wasn't just like, you know, find a child star and, and take a do a little PR moment it was really yeah. fun people that will love your product and be willing to talk about it and if it takes a little bit of persistence we're not afraid of that and we're willing to kind of go these lengths to to, to get people to talk about it so um, it was really really a fun journey it, the, the scrappiness is what I love the most about that I mean that just just goes directly to you guys starting you know the two companies you've started and, and just the whole uh you know general consensus of being an entrepreneur that's awesome so thank yeah, you for sharing I'd that. say I'd say as an aside, scrappiness, the same way that I think that Professor Duckworth, whoever wrote a book about grit, I mean, they're somewhat synonymous, but it's the thing that I think is the X factor that is impossible to teach. And it's just a, it's, it's a hunger from within because I think there's a lot of people that have left big companies thinking they know it all because they came up the ranks and did it. And then they go into an entrepreneurial venture and they're just stumped and they don't understand why. And it's because you don't have those resources and those budgets and all those colleagues. You have to just look to yourself or your wife and find a way to build that. And getting from zero, zero to here or whatever is, is much harder, not is harder than sometimes going from here to there. And Ima you, imagine there's a here with a hand. Cause he <laughs> so far off. Yeah. <laughs> all right. No, the analogy is helpful. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not I'm new to podcasts. <laughs> no, you're doing great. This is awesome. No, I appreciate it. That's, that, that's very helpful. And I think important for people to, to kind of listen and understand. Um, I, the, the last like three wish question I had was, um, you know, obviously you guys just launched your cereal brand in the fall. Do you guys see three wishes as, you know, competing in the cereal category only, or do you guys have other things that you don't have to share today if it's not, you know, ready to talk about, but I was curious if you guys are thinking in other categories too, since it's a, you know, a brand yeah. that I feel like is really catching on. I'd show everyone what the products look like, but they can't <laughs> see. <laughs> now that I know. Um, but in, in all seriousness, I think we built three wishes to really be a platform brand and earn consumers trust. And that's why ingredients are so important to us. And, 
and macros and all these little things that we try to promise and, and really you know, help our consumers with. And so for us, it's going to be, let's continue taking um, naughty foods that have a ton of taboo around them, eliminating all those naughty things, replacing them with great ingredients and offering something that tastes like the things you love, just made out of much better things. So we are working on a ton of fun of innovation to be able to bring some new things to customers outside of cereal, but cereal is also massive and we have yeah. so many other flavors to continue exploring and doing. So a lot of fun stuff ahead. Sounds great. Love that. Um, I know we're running out of time. So my last question I like to ask every guest, um, I have become a, a big reader, just like learning lots of stuff. It's something I try to try to fit into my schedule. Do either you two or both of you two have, um, like if you had one book you were allowed to gift anybody, do you have like a favorite that you'd recommend? What's your book? we're not readers <laughs> and that's fine too we're i mean yeah i read a ton but not books i'm reading I'm all the time but last book. i feel ashamed there are the i had to say though over quarantine we read our son books all the time so yeah, i was book, expecting that it. yeah there you go yeah i would say, a favorite picture book yeah um yeah i i i may um there are, I have to say there are a handful of times where now I'm, I'm like, we were yesterday, we just was hot. We laid on the couch for a little bit and we were like, what do we do? And we were, you know, we're supposed to relax and that would have been a book moment, but we didn't do it. So, <laughs> but most of the other times it's articles, podcasts, calls, things, there's so much going on, but yeah, it's, it's right. definitely something I think in our next stage of evolution, I think we will, that needs to happen. I promise I'll pick up a book, listeners. There we go. <laughs> you guys have a, a few things going on. So not that I would, uh, you know, expect yeah. you guys to be sitting around reading books. Well, thank you so much. I know we're out of time. So thank you so much for giving me the time. And thanks for joining Simply Finance today. It was a pleasure meeting both of you, Margaret and Ian. Likewise. Thank thanks you. so much for the time. Thanks, awesome. Shane. Absolutely. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a good Bye. one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that episode. If you're interested in Three Wishes Cereal, you can find the link to their website in the show notes. And as always, there's two other links that I'll point you guys to in the show notes. Number one is to the COVID stock market rebound tracker, where you can see all the stocks that I'm currently focused on and watching as we come out of the coronavirus pandemic. And as always, if you want to start trading um, on Robinhood, which is the platform that I use and that I talk about, uh, you can get a free stock by clicking on the link in the show notes and signing up. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Hope you have a great day.